Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. My name is Gage, and I'm here with my co-host, Olivia. Hey, everyone. It's me. So this is officially our first podcast in the same time zone. We are in the same time zone. It's currently 10.06 a.m. for both of us, which is great because it's just like it's been such an annoyance having to schedule like oh let's let's do it at 9 a.m my time but it's like 12 p.m your time and then like we're just like in different spots in the day and have different tasks to do so I'm, i'm so happy that you're here with me on the west coast i'm officially a west coast girly and it's the best feeling yeah but like I officially have moved after all this talk. I feel like since the podcast has started, I've been like, I'm moving to the West Coast. I'm moving to the West Coast. For a long time, it was supposed to be LA. And that was something that um, Emily, my partner, and I were just like super adamant. We're like, we're going to go to LA. And then just over the years, we just kind of figured we wanted to be in a place near her sister who's over here and more in nature. So we ended up choosing uh, Washington, which is where Gage is from. So I think that's a a fun little thing. I live uh, like 30 minutes away from where her parents are, like 40 minutes. So yeah, that's really, really exciting because that means if she ever comes home, we're like really close. And if I ever want to fly there, we're really close. So it's definitely something that I'm, I'm super pumped about to be on, on a, a good time zone, the same time zone. So it doesn't have to be the scary thing. But or this frustrating thing, because sometimes it would be really difficult whenever we wanted to like schedule something because like if, if it was like 8 or 9 p.m. for me, you were just getting off of work because um, it would it'd be like five for you. So then it would be like really late. And I'm like, oh, I probably should be getting like ready for bed, winding down. But then you're like, I just got off of work, so I'm kind of tired. And then the weekends were kind of awkward because that by the time you woke up, I might have already been like starting my day to go do something so now that we're both in the same time zone we can just both wake up early and just do this podcast and like it's amazing and i'm just so happy because i'm here finally it's kind of i just can't believe it like it took so long and i'm finally here so we're really excited about it i still think it's so crazy that you moved to my home like where (laughs) i grew up it's so crazy to me i wish i would have stayed longer and then we could have lived in the same state together but i mean it's still close and I visit my parents regularly. So pretty much any time I go back, we can see each other. And I can yes. show you my favorite spot. You have to. Uh, Emily and I wanted to either this weekend or next weekend, whenever it's sunny, because it's been on and off rain. Uh, we wanted to go to the place you recommended. Um, mm. You said that you, you go on walks. It's and so pretty. So pretty. Yeah. We've been doing a, a bunch of different walks in the, in the area, which is really nice. We live in like the heart of it, which is... It, remi- it reminds me a lot of Gainesville, um, where it, it feels like a small town, but it also feels like there's things going on. So we are we are definitely, we love it. The people here have been really nice. I mean, for the most part. But, I was about um, to say, um, yeah. are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> there's Yeah, there's a lot that's happened. So, I mean, I've been here for two weeks officially. Yesterday was two weeks that we, we got here. So um, it is, it's great though. Um, I go outside and I breathe the air in and I'm like, this is amazing. Like genuinely Isn't such it? crisp It's air. so crispy and like, oh. We went to a, because um, I'm living in Olympia, which is the capital. Uh, we ended up, mo- we went to this like waterfalls in uh, Tumwater and it was just like, it's just like a little waterfall and like the air, it was just like, you, you can just smell like the the water and it was it was nice. And we live like, um, I think like the, I don't know what it's called. Everyone gets really mad at me because Emily and I don't know what the fuck a sound is. And everyone's like the pungent sound. And I'm like, the I don't know what that is. sound, the, bitch. Yeah, I don't know what that is. What does <laughs> Did that mean? Did you just mean? say pungent? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really disrespectful to Washington culture. <laughs> I can't believe you said pungent instead of puget. I'm sorry. Okay. I just know that's my electric company. That's all I know. There's a lot so, of like a lot of places um, have like Native American influence in Washington, so that's where yeah. a lot of the names come from. Yeah, I've noticed that. Um, you messaged me that your mom's had a, has a friend who's a hairdresser in the, a specific town, and I couldn't say the name, but that's also Kewala. the same. Yeah, that's the same <laughs> town that the therapist from last episode is from. So I was like, "How oh, do you okay. say that?" I've I've seen that, but I'm like, "How do you say that?" 
You also have oh. to go to the Puyallup Fair during the fall time. Oh, okay. It's so fun. There's like, it's like a, a fall Where's fair. They have rides. They have the best scones ever. Um, and just like a bunch of like fair food and stuff. That's like one of my favorite things to do. And then I have so many okay. recommendations during Halloween. If you guys like scary, like haunted houses. Oh, oh that's fun. I miss <laughs> Washington. You have to come I'm back. back. Yeah, you have to. But it's it's been so great so far. Uh, we're going to Seattle in like a few weeks. I have to go see my um. It's it's the uh, it's so funny because you've helped me out so much. I'm gonna go see the um a doctor for hormones, but it's the same doctor that you went to or the same office. Evidently, your doctor only sees one to fourteen year olds, or like like he's a, I, a children's yeah. I don't know how I now. got into him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they told me. So I got hooked up with someone else that. It seems great though. I'm I'm excited because I feel like I'm in a good place where people aren't going to be like mean. I don't know. All the people I've experienced in Florida, especially because I'm trans, have sometimes it most times they're supportive, right? But then it's like ignorance behind it and there's not really much of that. You can just tell that they're like low key disgusted at who I am. So it's nice to be here and it feels like like our first day we got here, we went to Target and we spent like $400 on just like things we needed for the apartment and um everyone in that target i felt like was gay i was like what is happening there's like i remember seeing like uh uh two two moms with their like little daughter running around and i'm like emily this is literally gonna be us like i'm so excited i love it here and so every day we're just like running around uh, town just doing little things um just to kind of get an experience of the town um and it's so beautiful like if you go right downtown the heart of olympia and then there's like a little like parking spot and you can just see the Capitol building in like the distance. And it's just like over this like little water and it's just like in like this chilly air, little misty because it's kind of humid, kind of like, I don't know, the whole vibe. It's just, it's so good. Everyone was gonna was like, you're going to be so depressed, but I, we genuinely loved it, the weather and everything about it. So Yeah, I mean, it rains a lot and to a lot of people, I guess that can be interpreted as being depressing but just the scenery itself in the state is so pretty so like yeah it might be cloudy but everything else is so beautiful to look at so it's it's really not as depressing as like you would think it would be um yeah but I'm, I'm glad you like it I actually I don't think I've ever explored like Olympia downtown Olympia so you have to come we'll take yeah you I want to see I'm curious yeah there's yeah I'm excited because there's obviously still more we have we're gonna explore and stuff but there's been some really cool spots um that we're we're really into there's a cool um coffee shop near me that um emily and i love it's like a bakery type thing and um they make pretty good coffee so we've been trying to like test out different things every day to kind of get the vibe of it and it's been really fun so far um yeah but it, like this whole experience has been just so it feels like like I wake up and I'm like, wait, we did that? Like we we actually moved? Like it doesn't make sense to me. Like I'm still so shocked by it because, and I don't know if you felt this way when you moved to LA, but it just felt like we have been planning this for like years and we've been preparing for years, but when it actually happened, it felt like it just happened so fast. And so now we're like sitting here and we're like, wait, how did we get here? Like what is happening? So it's been yeah. stressful. I felt like that too. Did, has it been like mostly positive energy and like vibes from you guys because I know when we first when we drove from Washington down to LA when we parked and like I sat in Russell's room because we were still at his parents house at that time and I just like realized that I just moved states I just started crying like I just started bawling like I was like oh my god I don't get to see my parents every day and blah 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 so it was like a, a good feeling but at the same time I was like wow I really just I'm kind of on my own now. Yeah. It's definitely a, a scary thing to do. Emily and I have moved apartments like three or four times. Um, so for some reason, when we moved from our last apartment to um, from our last, last apartment to our last apartment, it was just across town. Um, I was living in, I was living in the heart of like Gainesville where it, everything was going on and it was, it was chaos because there's so many students and there was so much going on. And then when we moved, we moved to like a more quiet part of town. Uh, I was to North Gainesville, very quiet. 
And that change was so drastic for me. I remember getting really sad. And because I didn't know my way around, I was just really, really depressed. And I just, I felt really awful. But for some reason, the move here, when we got here, I I didn't feel anything. And I still don't feel quite sad about it. Like sometimes when we, like the first week, I felt antsy. Like I wanted to keep going out because we had nothing in our apartment and I just needed something to stimulate me. So we're just like running around the, um, the town just so I can like feel a little better about, you know, the whole move. But for the most part, it, it wasn't too hard. The hardest part was we had finished packing up my apartment. Um, we were, we had finished up like everything we needed to. And Emily's dad was going to pick us up from Gainesville, drive us back to her hometown. So while he was like 10 minutes away, I was like, let's go, please. Like before we go, let's go say bye to the neighborhood cats that we would always see. And then so we walked to the neighborhood cats. Um, one Houston, I will miss. I, I I used to go on walks every day and I used to pet these cats and I picked them up and I held them. And that's when I started crying. Like I was just like, I was gone. And I was like, this is so sad. And that was like my emotional part. But um, that was like, yeah, leaving. That was like a good goodbye. I got to say bye to the the cat that I saw every day. And I think that's how I like parted. And I've been good so far. We've, we've definitely, we've adjusted really well. He's like, where so. is this bitch? <laughs> right. I know. I feel so, I think about it and I'm like, I wonder if he misses me. He uh, does. It makes me sad. Yeah, I that's so. crazy. Because it's just like, it's such a far move. Like for me, it's just, I mean, it's a couple of thousand miles, but I'm just going down two states. You're yeah. literally going across the country, changing time zones. The culture is completely different. It's, that's a lot. Yeah. And flying with the cat, I don't recommend. And flying with the cat. <laughs> um, we gave Fig uh, like these pills that we got from the vet. We were worried because we gave it to her in the morning. And in the morning, whenever we gave it to her, uh, we were supposed to give it to her 12 hours before the flight and then three hours before the flight. So two pills. But the first pill knocked her out. And we were like, should we give her the next pill? Like, I'm really worried about that. Like, she's going to be really sick because we're giving her so much pills. So we ended up giving her half, which I don't know if it was a good idea or a bad idea. But by the the last like two hours of the flight, she was doing really great. But by the last two hours, she just started throwing up. And it was like a whole like, like, it was so crazy. We ended up luckily the the flight, they were super unprofessional the entire time. Like all the flight attendants were doing things you probably shouldn't be doing. We're offering like people like we're just giving people free alcohol. Like it was like a mess. So luckily I was able to get Fig out in the cabin and like hold her in my arms and like console her while Emily was like cleaning up her vomit. I feel so bad for the guy next to us because he had to deal with like all of that, which was luckily we were wearing masks. So the smell wasn't that bad. But then right when we were like going home, like her driving to our apartment, right when we landed, she just passed out on my lap. And um, she loves this apartment. She like absolutely loves this apartment and it makes me happy. But she won't stop fucking annoying me because all she wants to do is like keep bothering me by doing something. So but but she's happy. So that's good. That's so cute. That's honestly something I think about often. Like, how would we travel if needed with the cats? Because just Mm -hmm. moving apartments, I get eviscerated by nails just trying to put them in their carrier so just like thinking of them on a plane like a loud plane especially nike it gives me nightmares just thinking about it and there it's expect like we flew alaskan and i feel like airlines never have their shit together because we talked to someone and they were like yeah you don't need any paperwork or proof of vaccinations or anything like that like that's fine and we get there and they're like it's a hundred dollars and we need to see her vaccine report so we were like, what the heck? So we ended up having to like like frantically call the vet. But yeah, it was $100 to have her just be under our seat. And she ended up being like a, she was like my personal item. Because you get, or yeah, you get a carry-on and a personal item. So she went underneath the seat. Um, but I feel so bad. It was like so, so stressful for her, I'm sure. And it's not like a quick flight. It was like a six-hour flight. So... Yeah, she was um, not doing the best. Um, but yeah, I think if we ever have to go back to for Christmas and stuff, we're probably just going to hire someone to come feed her for like the week or whatever. Um, 
but yeah so that was that was an experience overall though i would say 10 out of 10 i love it here like we we genuinely um emily and i are going to go to an open house today for a condo we're not going to buy it but we want to just we want to just like go and see it i remember a couple days ago you told me about an experience that you had. Everything's oh been positive <laughs> except this one thing. And you can explain. I, I have a slight theory, but maybe this person is just crazy. I don't know, but you can go ahead. Okay. So we were on the five, I-5, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Which it's a highway, but everyone here calls it a freeway. It's the freeway, bitch. <laughs> it's, it's an interstate. <laughs> That's what we call it on the West Coast. It's a freeway. <laughs> Yeah, so we were on the freeway, and um, so we were getting off on an, on an exit on accident because – so we're still not used to the highway here. Um, some of the lanes were, like, where we are. Some of the lanes were, like, ending. And, you know, when you're new to a place and you're new to, like, a certain highway rhythm, um, sometimes you end up on lanes you don't want to, and it just got this whole confusing thing. So we were on a lane that we – Emily saw. was like, oh, shit, this is ending. She had her blinkers on forever, and the person behind her – wouldn't let her in and was just being like an asshole. So she ended up having to get it. She went, she sped up as fast as she could and had to come in. So like right before the the lane ended and the person just kept honking behind us. Like it wasn't a big deal. She wasn't anywhere near, near him, but he was like really mad that like she like cut him off. And, um, um, I, it was a guy and a girl. The guy was driving and the girl like was next to him. And so they like drive up next to us and like the girl opens the window and just throws something at our car. And like all we hear is like all of a sudden we hear like a big boom. And we're like, what the fuck just happened? And I and I was like looking at Emily. I was like, did they just throw something at our car? And Emily had seen it. We don't know what it was, but they they threw something. And their dumbasses drove right in front of me. And we were like, okay, like I snapped a shot of their license plate. Like they're so stupid. And then Emily was gonna follow them, but we ended up. Like we ended up, they were driving so crazy. They were like in between lanes without their like, like um, blinkers on. So the thing that they were mad at us for doing, they were doing themselves. So like, I just, it was so dumb. And they ended up getting off on an exit, which we ended up missing. We were supposed to get off that exit too, but we missed it because they were distracting us because it was a whole thing. And then I ended up just in case, I don't like doing this, but just in case I ended up calling like the highway patrol and was like, Hey. I don't know if anyone else is going to call about this, but someone just threw something in the middle of the highway. Like, I'm not telling you to arrest them. I'm just giving you a heads up. Like, I don't know if this if these people were on drugs or drunk or whatever, just for like the safety. So, yeah. What was your theory? <laughs> I don't know if I just like I'm trying to defend them because they're my fellow Washingtonians. Oh, my and, God. <laughs> you know, I don't want us to be portrayed in a bad light. Um. You guys still have a Florida license plate. We have Florida uh, plates. I was thinking, like, what if these people are just like, oh, fuck these Floridians. There's probably two racist bitches in that car. They're probably probably. They probably love Trump. Let's not let them in. Like, fuck them. I mean, we're in a Subaru. Like, give me a break. I mean, if you were in a Subaru, that's very Pacific Northwest of you guys to be. Everyone here has a Subaru. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That's just what my thought was. I was like, maybe they just like hate Florida, but maybe they were just crazy. They 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 were probably just crazy. We're still getting used to the road, so anytime Emily like or I like we like are like ah like we have to change lanes really quick. No one's ever gotten mad besides that one point, and we never like really cut people off. But we always every time we do it, we're like, oh my god, I'm sorry, we're from Florida. Like we just say that to ourselves because because you I I can imagine people being like frustrated at seeing a foreign like a foreign foreign plate um yeah so we i was a cop was behind us yesterday or behind me yesterday i was driving to get coffee and i was like i'm gonna be pulled over just because i have florida plates like i wasn't doing anything illegal but i was like they're gonna pull me over they didn't but i was like i feel like there's so many questions to be had like why is a florida car in washington so yeah we're hopefully we can change that at some point when our registration is up, but yeah. That's how I felt when I moved to, and don't tell anybody, but I moved here in 2018. That was four years ago. My car still has Washington plates. And I, I was supposed fine. to change it within like a week. 
Yeah, I mean, Emily and I don't know the the like the future. We have a six month lease, so we don't know what what it's going to be. So we don't know if we want to change our license or our IDs. We don't know anything um, like quite yet. We're still vibing it out, and I think at a certain point, you know, we may change it. But yeah, I, I, the whole process. I'm sure in California. I'm not sure if it's the same in Washington, but to get your car registered. I know that the whole process is like super annoying because you have to get it like they have to like test it for all this stuff. But um, yeah, that's that's something that I don't know if we're going to do yet. But um, that was a, an experience of someone just like that's never happened to us. Like someone being that crazy. We have a scratch on the side of our car and I almost like. I almost wanted to report it to insurance being like this random person threw something at our car. Like they caused this scratch, even though I, I caused the scratch, but um, <laughs> I wanted to just use that and um, to get that fixed, but it's whatever. Um, that was a fun, we were really mad when that happened. And then we ended up, it's fine though. We were safe. It didn't like harm the car. There's no damage. So it was your it's homecoming present from the state. They're and like, yeah, welcome. We needed something bad to happen just to like ground us, just to be like, yeah. to like, yeah. To they were make like, sure yes, that- it's nice here, but also, you know, we have to give you, we have to pull you back into reality a little bit. Exactly. You know what I think is crazy is driving on like the freeway and just like going up and down and then having your ears pop. Like Florida is flat. And um, it's just super, super flat. And so it's, you don't experience that. But here, every like time we like drive on a hill, our ears start popping. And it's like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> that's an experience. But I do like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, like you, like the amount of greenery here makes the place feel lively. Um, and like a lot of people were like, you're going to be so depressed, like leaving Florida. But I'm like, Florida one is so hot and everything is dead. Like everything is like burnt. Like everything's brown. There's like nothing. But like the grass here is so pretty. It's so green. And I'm like, we're just obsessed with it. So overall, the move has been incredible and amazing. And if anyone lives in Washington and wants a friend, please let me know because we are alone right now. I mean, not alone. We have like family here, but um, we definitely want to like try and get out, make some connections. It's yeah. Been a good time, Overall, though. I'm so happy that you're in Washington and just in the same time, time zone. zone. Like yes, it's so great. So great. And I guess moving on, happy belated International Women's Day yes. to everybody. Um, we were so gracious enough to be a part of a campaign with Spotify um, for International Women's Day. I, I don't know if anyone saw, but we both posted it on our social media on Instagram. Um, but basically, they reached out to us and asked us to be a part of, it's like a their love stories campaign. Um, so they we were both tasked with, you know, coming up with like a story or reflecting on our past experiences, kind of like what you would say to your past self if you had the opportunity to go back and like just reflect and talk to that person and give them words of advice moving forward, which I thought was a really fun concept. And I was really honored that like they reached out to us to be a part of the campaign. Um, So definitely listen to that on Spotify. It's available. I think there's three different playlists you said. Um, for like different prompts. So there's a bunch of different women um, of all different types of backgrounds that basically did the same thing that we did. So that was just like a really fun thing to be a part of for International Women's Day. Yeah, we're super grateful to have had the opportunity to be able to work with Anchor and Spotify was really an awesome, like an awesome thing. Um, I will, I don't know if I'm going to make a video, um, if I'm going to post this on YouTube as a video, I might, we are recording the video, but sometimes the whole editing process can be hard, but I don't know. I'm going to show the video really quick. Um, If you go on the Spotify homepage and you click the search button in the middle and you go to equal, it looks like this. And I can probably just have like a, the green one that says equal. Um, If you scroll down to the bottom, it'll say podcast or equal for you. And if you are equal for good. And if you go over 
the the playlist are with love an artist with love a storyteller and with love a change maker so with love a storyteller is where gage and i's stories are which i genuinely think it was such a cool it was a very cathartic thing for me to do not only was i like really excited to be a part of it but also it was really a way to help me like think back and step back to a time period in my life where i felt like it was so influential for my my transition for who i am today and um yeah i think it was a really really awesome um opportunity thing that we had and um just being able to be heard on international women's day and being able to have highlight voices of all different because womanhood looks so different on everyone and um it's really important to embrace that diversity so we were excited that they wanted us to be a part of it um and we're genuinely so grateful and so lucky so I'm I'm so pumped about it. I was so honored that Anchor, like, they really promoted specifically our stories in our podcast on their page. So whoever runs the Anchor Instagram, thank you. Like, I don't know. Like, do we have, like, some type of connection? Because, like, they posted out of all the stories, they, they posted ours. They shared our podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So it was just – it was really validating to know, like, that – Spotify and Anchor felt like our stories were important and were important enough to share on their platform. So I thought that I just felt like really honored that they took it upon themselves to do that because I was like, just like working and then randomly I get a notification and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'm on the front page of Anchor. I'm so confused. It was really awesome. Um, I was making a joke with Emily that um, I was like, wait, is Anchor flirting with me? Because they they DM'd me, loved hearing your story, and did a quote from, they said, loved hearing your story, quote, shoes covered in doubt. And I showed that to Emily. I was like, wait, do we have something going on here? And it was cute because like for like two days straight, they like promoted our, our, um, our little like just, um, uh, what is it called? Promos for the episode. So we feel really grateful to have always had this great connection with Spotify and with Anchor. And it's been really great to just be supported um, and feel recognized during um, International Women's Day. Because sometimes, you know, when you hear a lot of like negativity going on in the news with um, people who are super transphobic, you hear a lot of transphobia, which we'll get into um, in a second. But it it can be hard to like really feel secure um, in how the world views you until something like this happens. And yeah, I can sometimes be critical on like corporations being supportive, um, like the of of like minority groups. But I feel like Spotify has a good track record and um, has always supported us from like day one. So I really appreciate that. So it's really cool though. Like um, I got to flex on LinkedIn a little bit, which I think that's <laughs> great. I will say so. I'm I'm like applying for jobs right now. I've, I've discussed this before. And like I would get emails like just with my insurance background and stuff like that. But the second I started to put in like all of my social media work and like all of the sponsorships and the partnerships that we've done, I've just been getting so much more. And it's like a lot of the times I forget or I kind of separate my professional life from like YouTube, when in reality, a lot of the skills and the things that we do for YouTube and the podcast and just being able to like market yourself on social media and work with different brands. It's like, that's experience. Like that's a job in itself. And that should be a part of your resume. It's something that you have experience doing and it shows them that you have like all of these different skill sets and the ability to work with brands and, you know, market your own content. So I don't know. I just I just started to realize that that's experience that's vital for me and like my professional life as well. Yeah, my first supervisor in production, um, he told me he was like, "Why aren't you?" Um, he was like, "Why aren't you? Why don't you have like your YouTube channel in your resume? Like, why aren't you promoting that more when you're applying for a job?" And I was like, I don't know, like, it just, it seems weird. And he was like, no, you need to be doing that. And then so ever since, anytime I'm in an interview and I talk about it, I feel like I get like a great reception from 
um, or a good interaction from the people interviewing me because I think it does like set us apart. I think it makes us like, you know, I mean, we don't have the most subscribers in the world. We're not like, like hundreds of thousands, millions, but like we so like, I feel like have made a dent in some sort of field that, um, that it's interesting to like look into. We've worked with really cool people and, um, I think it's something to definitely promote. It is scary though. Cause like if I'm applying to a new job and I'm like showing them, I'm like, okay, now I have to come out to you. And there is that process of like, that's pretty annoying, but, um, yeah, I, I do enjoy, um, I, I'm so happy that I got to post it on LinkedIn. It it made it to my work Slack, which I wasn't I wasn't prepared for. Um, I love all my coworkers, and I think it's great. I just wasn't prepared <laughs> to be like, oh, uh, yeah, like my 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 friend and I, we um we got like we have a good relationship with Spotify, and like it just became this like thing where I had to explain myself, and I wasn't ready for it. But still, like everyone was like so supportive, and. It was really great. And I, I just, I love LinkedIn. It's like my favorite social media app. LinkedIn is so funny to me because like some like people really think they're LinkedIn influencers. Like they'll post and they'll be like, 20 years ago, I had nothing. <laughs> Look at me now. I have my own company and I'm thriving and you can do it too. You just have to believe in yourself. I feel like the older people, right? Like the, the the professional people are always like, Instagram is so fake. I don't have Instagram. It's so fake. And like, bitch, you have a LinkedIn. Like LinkedIn is the fakest app that like, and I, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast before, but like it is the fakest app where people are like, oh, like I'm something special and like trying and like, you don't talk like that. No one talks like that, but I think it's so great. And I love it for that reason. I don't, did we talk about that, that, that post about this woman seeing like a beheading, like she yeah, saw a car accident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she posted about it and how it changed her life. And then she posed at the tree that it happened on. And it was like, okay, I think, I, <laughs> I think you need therapy and not LinkedIn. Like, I think like, yeah. So it was, um, but I love it and it's, it's great and it's fun. And I'm excited to post. If you guys want to add me on LinkedIn, Please connect. Yeah, connect with me too. It's so it's so funny to me how people describe their job. Like they could be a, a customer service representative, but they're like, I handle a very large call volume of disgruntled customers. And I use the database that we have in order to formulate a plan to drive sales and move forward and rectify. Like, I'm like, girl, just it's so crazy to me. That's the funniest part. It's mostly like a creative writing website where we all just make the fanciest sentences to describe our job. Yeah. It's um definitely an experience that I that I I love to have. I love to feel connected from I don't know. I I like the attention that spot or that LinkedIn has cuz it's like I don't know. I don't know. I just I think it's so funny. And I love to scroll down and see what people are posting. I almost made this. I was like writing up this huge post about how I was the first in my family to have a degree. I'm a first generation Mexican American. I'm a trans woman. And I was like going to go on. And I like wrote like a like a fucking dissertation of it. And um, I ended up not posting it. Um, I might someday, but I, I didn't post it. Um, but I think it's so fun to be able to just do stuff like that. And all, I, for my, I had a, a job at like a bookstore and um, it was just a bookstore job. Like I, I processed online orders and it wasn't that big of a deal, but I was like, I, my resume was like, I uh, handle um, or I deal with, um, what do I say? It was like hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in, um, with billion dollar companies. I, I process hundreds of thousands of dollars of of material or something stupid like that. And so, yeah, it's like, I, you really try and like make yourself sound special. And, um, and that's, that's the funnest part. Speaking of being special and speaking of international women's day, do you know who doesn't support us and probably won't listen to our podcast or our partnership with Spotify and doesn't think we're special? Does anybody have, I a, have guess? a good, I have a good. I think I have a good guess. Yeah, who? Um, does it? 
I can't even like pretend like I know we made the joke before already. But um yeah, it's JK Rowling. We're gonna go on to our pop culture segment now. But yeah, I don't know if you wanna introduce this topic, but JK Rowling again is in the news and for trans some transphobia stuff on International Women's Day. Um and yeah. I actually I don't know a lot about what she said. I, I just briefly saw like her going off on Twitter and then Tanache, an icon, she responded to her and she was like, just shut up. And I was like, honestly, that's the energy that we need. That's the perfect ally, honestly, because it's just every single, we, we can't get away from her. And on International Women's Day, do you really not have anything else to do with your billions of dollars? You could literally do anything that you want. And here you are complaining about trans people again. Yeah, I, you never go on Twitter. So when I see you retweet something, I'm like, or like post something in your story, like that's from a, the tweet. I'm like, okay, this is like a banger tweet. And it was just really funny because she was like, girl, shut the fuck up. And it was like really funny. Um, but essentially, JK Rowling was mad at, um, I think it was a Scottish, I want to say prime minister. Is, is that what they're called? Um, first minister is what they're called of Scotland. Um, her name is Nicola Sturgeon. Um, but she made gender laws that will make it easier for people to legally change their gender identity. So if they're trans, it makes the whole process easier for you to, to have, be affirmed within your documentation, which is something that I know is hard everywhere else. Um, it was a long process for me. I think I had to be transitioned for a year I didn't have all these paperwork to have my my gender marker changed. But even I know this is even the America, like America is easy compared to like a lot of other places. So Miss Rowling was not happy about this, went to Twitter and does what she does best, where she tries to like pin trans women as some fucking pedophiles or whatever the fuck, like men who are gonna attack little women. And she just goes on to talk about the normal thing that she does where she's just trying to pin like, but we need to like protect little girls and, and like this whole thing, like women and girls and, and while doing that simultaneously, obviously being super transphobic, insinuating that trans women are diseased, a pathology, something like really fucked up. So um, I hate it. And I hate bringing her up all the time, but like she's, it's never ending with her and it's funny to just joke and to make fun of the situation but she's just really fucking sick in the head and like i'm trans so you know i'm sick in the head but she's like sicker in the head and so like it's just super annoying and i hate i hate her so much before we started the podcast i was talking about how i went to warner brothers studios last week and i sat down at like the little harry potter section underneath the sorting hat and it picks your house and for a second, I thought, like, what if it doesn't work on me because it just, like, consents I'm a tranny and J.K. Rowling hates me and she's going to, like, tell me to go kill myself. That's what was going on in my head. But I got Slytherin. Maybe that's also kind of related. Like, she thought I was evil or something and that's where I belonged. But, that's yeah, really funny. I, I just, like, just thinking about the immense wealth that she has and the opportunity to elicit such a change in the world and be such a voice. Like she has such a powerful voice, but all she really cares to do is bash trans women and continually attack us on international women's day. Like she's like, Oh, you thought this was something for you. It's not, this is not your holiday babes. It's just mine. So it's like, what's the reason? I, I, I really don't get it. I don't think I'll ever understand her. That's why I don't really pay attention to what she does anymore, but it's just, something that we can talk about often because she always has something to say. And usually it does like kind of stem into a, a larger issue with society because she reflects like, you know, what a lot of other people are probably thinking. Um, so it's, I guess it's not necessarily that much about her. She's like just such a public figure that she's a representation of all these negative thoughts against the trans community. Yeah. It's something that, I mean, you, it's a it's so depressing. Like when anytime I see her tweet and go off on it, like I can sit here and make fun of it, but like I I can't deny the the feeling that I get like 
the the dread that I get from reading and seeing how much of a response she's getting. Like her tweet, um, I don't know what, if this was the main one, um, but the tweet that I'm seeing here got like 16,000 likes. And I've seen some that have like, like 50, 60, 70,000 people like engaged with it in a positive manner and people or in a supportive manner for her. So it's definitely something that I am, um, I get really emotional about. And, um, and I think that's how I cope is just to, just to make sure that everyone knows that she is like the spawn of Satan and to like, hopefully not let it get to you because there are people that are supportive that aren't her and, um, she can go and die somewhere for all I care. But, um, from here, I guess, uh, to just go on to another topic that's not that much better, but still, I think something to commemorate, uh, we can talk about swimmer Leah Thomas. Yeah. So I found out about this. I wasn't familiar with who she was prior to yesterday. Um, but I guess there was a championship for NCAA swimming yesterday and Leah Thomas, she's a trans swimmer. Um, and she ended up winning the competition and instead of celebrating her, which is usually what happens when somebody like wins a gold medal and something, um, people kind of disregarded her and were essentially praising the girl that got second saying that second is the new first because, you know, now that men are allowed to compete, whoever finishes behind them is technically the real winner because they shouldn't even be competing in the first place. Um, so there's just a lot of nasty things going on on Twitter regarding Leah and her win. I, guess people were booing her. Um, People in the media have been purposefully misgendering misgendering her while talking about her performance. Um, And, you know, it's trans athletes we've talked about before. It's a very controversial topic. Um, You know, some people think the way that they do. Some people think the opposite. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, if trans people are allowed to compete, it's not really their fault. I don't understand why hate is always generated towards that person who's just competing. They are competing in a sport that they obviously enjoy doing and have put a lot of time and effort in perfecting their craft. So it's like, why are you purposefully misgendering this person for competing in a competition? And, you know, the girl that lost to her doesn't even care. Like she's voiced her support for the trans community. So it's like, if the person that lost that had the most to lose in the competition and should hypothetically be the most affected by losing doesn't care and is supportive of the person who won, why do you all care so much? I just don't understand that part. Yeah. I find it super, it's just fucked up. Um, And this is the small, like this does not happen often. I mean, you hear about trans athletes and you hear it being a thing. And there are so many trans athletes that, are a part of many sports and like you very rarely hear them win so obviously when one does win there's going to be this insane outlash from like the alt-right and like a lot of like awful people i mean if you just scroll down like like a, a commentator's like twitter you can see how fucking much they jerked off to wanting to shit all over her um, like I'm looking at Ben Shapiro's like Twitter right now and the shit that he has to say, Jordan Peterson, like these awful people that are like reinforcing this rhetoric of, of transphobia. And it just is really, it's, it's so disgusting because one, this woman, she competed and she obviously deserves all the praise of winning a competition, being an athlete, putting in all the work. It, it means to be an athlete. And I'm assuming being trans and competing isn't something that's super easy to do. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of testing they have to go through, a lot of being poked and prodded to make sure that they're woman enough, quote unquote, to like, to, to even compete or to even be considered for competing. So it is like, it's really frustrating that one, people don't know science and what hormone replacement therapy does. I'm, I'm sure that you know, there, there are a lot of factors that can play into someone's, um, stamina and their overall, um, way that they perform, I guess. But for the most part, I know what, 
hormone replacement therapy does. I used to fucking run a six minute mile, bitch. I can't beat 11 minutes now. Like, like it definitely plays an impact. And, um, and I just, it really hurts that someone who's so deserving, someone who has put their time and effort in can't even celebrate because people are like wishing for her demise. And I just, I, it's, it's gross. It's gross. People are really fucked up. She also won by one second. Like one second. It's like people are basically saying like it's so unfair. She has such an advantage over these girls because she was born a male and she has so much more testosterone and she's taller. Like, okay, well, there's a lot of cis girls that are born taller. Like, are you going to tell a cis girl that was born six foot two and has naturally broad shoulders that she can't compete because her body type is more traditionally masculine? Like, that's not what you're not going to do that. And it's like they're nitpicking over a second if she would have won by like 38 seconds okay that kind of makes a little bit more sense but like one second it was a very close race they were evenly matched they were competing the entire time it's not like it was a an easy time for her to beat it was like they were pretty much on an evil even playing field she just happened to come out on top during that particular race and it's i don't know it's it's just such a complicated issue it's so hard to really regulate you know who can compete when there are so many different factors taken into account the way that cis women just have naturally diff- naturally they have different um, hormone levels and body types. So it's like, how do you really blur the line between those two? And I mean, this example is used all the time, but I mean, it like makes sense. Like athletes specifically ones that are like really great in a, in a certain sport, like Michael Phelps, they have birth defects, things that are, things that they that they have that make them I don't know if it's a birth defect but they have like things that make them better at what they do and should they be punished because they're born with something that puts them at an advantage it's just I mean it's all just hidden behind transphobia like that's at the end of the day that's what it's hidden behind um there are women that have more testosterone in their bodies um uh and like you can't affect that you can't change that trans women typically have less testosterone in their bodies than a cis woman does because it's regulated so much. Um, I, yeah, I, I know because I get my blood work every fucking six months. So um, yeah, it's definitely something that's like really gross that I just see. I know the reason why people are upset. I From base level, it's easy to be like, yeah, that might be unfair. But if you actually think about it, and think about why people are mad. People aren't mad that she's competing. People are mad that she's trans. And um, it's like, it's really frustrating. I want to do a whole episode on trans athletes if we haven't done one already. Because um, I think it's important to um, to to talk about more. Um, but yeah, that is a frustrating thing. But I want to just congratulate her right here, right now. She's amazing, an amazing athlete and deserves that win. So I agree. Congratulations, Leah. If you're listening to this, probably not. I hope she is. (laughs) um, You're a queen. You deserve it. Honestly, she could have been four foot nine and had no arms and people would have still said she had an advantage. So it, it, like you said, it's really not about what she looks like and her body. It's, it's really just that she's trans and she's competing with women. Right. Um, And I also feel like this the abuse that I feel like the media has or like a lot of like the like alt-right and people that are super transphobic have, it's directed towards trans women. Nothing's ever really fully in the same scope to, directed towards a trans man because because there's no argument for that. And I think that's where their whole logic breaks down is like trans men are men and trans women are women, but they don't have an argument for trans men because and, – and also – there's so many layers and we can get into it another time, but like it, yeah, you can, you can definitely tell the, the, how fucked up it is, but I want to move on from this because these are really sad topics and um, we've been going for a while. So I want to jump up to the main topic today. Something that I feel like is a little more relaxed, nothing too problematic. That's going to make us mad, but yeah, let's go to the main topic. Yeah, so we've both moved 
I moved from Washington to Los Angeles and you moved from Florida to Washington. And um, we were just talking about how stressful it can be moving to a different state because as a trans person, you get established with like your endocrinologist and all the different services that you need. Like you find a, a pharmacy, blah, 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 to get all the essentials to, you know, keep moving forward with your transition month to month. And when you move, that kind of throws everything into the air. You know, you have to find a new doctor. You have to find a new, if you're going to therapy, you have to find a new therapist. You have to find a new pharmacy. And it's like, it's really overwhelming because I know for me, when I moved, um, I didn't think about, oh, I should probably stock up on hormones or like ask my doctor if I could get like an extra month or two of my prescription so that I have time to look around find a doctor and I don't have to stress about, you know, running out of hormones. I didn't think about that. So it was like super stressful because at the, at one point I was like, I only have like a week left of my hormones and I don't even have a doctor yet. So this is a problem. Um, so I just want to, I kind of want to talk about different ways that you can prepare for a move and how to prevent stressful situations from happening regarding your hormones and just other transition related stuff. Yeah, I think one, it's important to make sure, like you like you said, to stock up. This is, I don't know if it's like your biggest fear, but my biggest fear is not having hormones. And like, I don't know, I always like, and it's my anxiety, I have irrational fears. But I'm like, if we ever have like a zombie apocalypse, let's say like a one day, like the world is ending. And like, I think about this a lot. I'm like, okay, I have to get to a pharmacy and I'm not going to, I'm not thinking about like fucking uh, like, what is it like? acetaminophen. I'm not thinking of Tylenol. I'm not thinking of painkillers. I'm like, I need my estrogen and my spiral. Like I, I need to make sure that I have that because, and it's such a stupid, irrational thought, but I always think about it because my biggest fear is running out of hormones and then just like being stuck with nothing. And then just having to like watch my body kind of become what it's not. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's something that like really freaks me out. I used to watch the walking dead all the time. And literally the first thing I thought of anytime they went into a pharmacy was like, Oh my God, if we were in a zombie apocalypse, I I need my progesterone. I need my estradiol. Like where, where do I go to get that? But I feel like in a zombie apocalypse, people aren't going to be like, Oh, where's the Spyro? You know, like that's not something that people are going to be actively looking for. So I feel like we could stock up at the pharmacy. I think so too. Yeah. I think well, I think well, it's so it's so funny cuz we go to the farm I go to the pharmacy and I'll have like a 3 month supply of estrogen and the bitches just give up. Like they just they, I have the like the bottles that they come in. Like they don't even put it inside the like the CVS cup. They put it inside like they leave it inside the container still sealed. This is estrogen on it. And so I'm like I can imagine me just like rummaging and grabbing all those little bottles. But moving is definitely something really stressful. And I had to like get all my like doctors in order like right before leaving. Um, and luckily I have six months supply of my um, antipsychotics, my my lametrogene um, and my estrogen and everything like that. I have a, an appointment in the next, I like, think, week with my uh, endocrinologist from Florida, which I'm hoping he'll set me up for six months Um of hormones until I can find a new doctor. But I see my new doctor in Washington, like the beginning of April. So I think I'm going to, my insurance might not let me, but I think I'm going to like use both prescriptions and try and get as much hormones as I can just to have them like ready when I need them in case anything happens. But yeah, it's my biggest fear being not being able to have access to uh, treatment and Emily and I always think like, well, if we, we want to move here, or maybe we want to move here, and the first thing we have to think about is like, okay, well, how do they treat trans people, and how do like how will I have access to any sort of you know hormone replacement therapy? A lot of providers don't go outside their state, so I can't just see someone from Florida. Like Florida, I can't if I'm out of state of Florida, I can't see anyone. They the doctors they need to be registered um, for treating someone out of state. So it's definitely something that's really difficult to um, try and navigate, to try and set up. And you really have to really find connections. 
Um, but I don't know, do you have any helpful hints on ways that they can find? I know a lot of times I say like Google like is the best friend, but I know word of mouth could even be better. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you can Google. That's obviously the safest bet. But I I feel like just like if you have social media, just post or see if anybody that's lived in the area that you're moving to has any recommendations. I feel like that's the best thing to do just because you know for a fact like this person has gone to this doctor and they can talk about their experiences. Um, because I mean, at the end of the day, any doctor or provider can post like, Oh, we're trans friendly, but you know, you never know who you're going to get when you actually get there. They could say that they're trans friendly and then completely not know how to deal with the trans person. Um, so definitely do just do your research. I think that should be one of the first things that you look into if you want to move just so that you can, get that stress out of the way because moving in general is stressful. So just knowing that you have your hormones intact and you know you have a plan of action as to how to get them, um, that just, you know, takes so much off your plate and you can just focus on moving instead of like, oh, I'm going to turn back into my old pre-transition self if I don't find a doctor within the next couple of days. So definitely just do your research and get it out of the way first so that you can take more off your plate and just be more relaxed and enjoy the move. Yeah. What I typically end up doing if I was moving to another state, it's maybe I'm spoiled because I'm from Florida. So to get anywhere in Florida, you have to drive at least five hours. So I'm used to it. But I feel like if you're in a conservative, more area, the best thing to do is to find an area that is more progressive, like find the bigger city. A city with a population over a million has never been Republican. I think I think that's true. I think um, there hasn't been a conservative city that has over a million people. Because once you start getting more diversity, uh, more of a population, then you start getting people to talk about um, or to express themselves. So I do recommend that, um, yeah, uh, just to ask around. What I did before moving to Olympia is I messaged this like collective group and I said, hey, like, does anyone know, like, I'm moving to Olympia. I'm new here. Does anyone know any, like, do you, are you connected with anyone that is a trans woman that has access to doctors? They left me on red. It's fine. But I was lucky enough to have Gage, who obviously is from the Washington area near Seattle. And I, um, yeah, she was able to hook it up. So I knew there was doctors in Seattle, obviously, but I just need someone to um, actually like set me up to like a specific person because it's hard to call around. It's hard to work around insurance and it's just so scary. Like I'm so grateful that I got this job that I got because I have Aetna, but before I had Florida Blue and I was on Obamacare. So Florida Blue only worked in Florida. And if I was going to another state, I didn't know how to transition that over and it became a whole difficult process. So luckily I'm working remote and I have access to health insurance. I know health insurance is also another big issue, but I would say that if you're dealing with that, if you're dealing with, you know, um, insurance issues, there's a lot of good resources that can help. I, the, the healthcare marketplace I think is really great for the area that you're in, but um, yeah, word of mouth is always the best. I didn't even think about it, but like, yeah, find a Facebook group because I feel like trans women love Facebook. <laughs> I every I always see like everyone on it. But um I don't I'm not a fan, but um I, I see there's a there's a large community, like a large um like trans community in like every specific state that you're in or specific area. And I've I've definitely seen groups. Um so I know that you can probably join that and then ask around because I think that's the way that you'll get it. I also found um, if you just type in a big city that's near you and type in transgender resource list, a lot of times it'll give you like a full catalog of like of, of, of doctors in the area, people that do laser that that are laser hair removal or electrolysis, people that are, you know, psychiatrists that specifically help trans people, um, surgeons, like there's like really good resource lists out there. So I would just Google like trans resource list in this, the place that you're in. Because, yeah, that move can be really, really scary. And for me, I was just super terrified because I didn't know what I was going to do. And 
luckily um, my doctors before leaving have been super supportive and were like, yeah, we'll help you. I'll help you out. But um, I'm interested to to get started and seeing how the doctors here are different versus in Florida. So I'm excited about that. But I'm very thankful to have someone like Gage who, is, who lives in the area to help me. And um, yeah, I would say just trying to find that resource. What is this hair doing? Do you see this? <laughs> I keep, I just got my hair done yesterday. So like this whole video, I'm just so been, like, playing with my hair. Like, oh my God, it looks so good today. Yeah, it looks so good. But yeah, I'm happy that you are here, like I said, on the West Coast with me. Um, my doctor, I know you're not seeing him specifically. I don't I don't know if he like switched to only handling kids or like what's the deal. Um, but I I love him. Like I love him more than my doctor in LA. Um, so I, I hope you have as well a good experience. I didn't have any negative experiences at um what's it called? Why did I forget what the clinic is called? Anyway, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, we should shout out the clinic because yeah. g- genuinely, like, I feel Why like- the heck did I forget what it's called? I forgot it. Holy shit. Hold on. Uh, well, okay. We'll, it's going to we'll bother me. It. Yeah, we'll, we'll, like, post about it somewhere. Yeah, but, um, anyway, um, when I started going there, like, I was- I hadn't even really started my transition yet. And they were still really respectful, like, about my pronouns and things. Um, so, yeah, I think you'll you'll be in good hands. And I'm excited for you to evolve as a Washington girly. Yeah, I was – what really made me happy Holly Clinic. was – Oh, that's – yeah, that's what it is. I was pulling up Seattle on my, like – Shout out to the Poly Clinic if you're in the Washington or, like, Seattle area. Downtown. They're great. They're great. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to go to it. Um, I'm, on the phone, she was like – because my, my name is – my name is pretty ambiguous. Like, um, you can – it's it's my first name is Jay. My middle name is Olivia. So I go by Olivia now. But, um, yeah, when I say it, they're like, oh, like, do you have another name that you want to go by? So I think right there off the bat, it was, like, it was nice for them to, like – for them to ask and um and yeah i think it seems like a really supportive place question do they have did they how often did you have to do blood work with them mm, like every six months or so every six months i fucking yeah. hate blood work i hate it <laughs> it's too. the ba- it's the bane of my existence last time i went i went a few weeks ago they like bruised me up really bad oh so i yeah. hate it just like the feeling of the blood just coming out of your body into the little tube it's so uncomfortable. Uh, I almost pass out. Yeah, I have to like look away. And then when I'm done, like I'm squeezing my hand and like I'm just, it's all wet because I'm like, having a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely not a fun time. I hate giving blood. But um, yeah, so I'm excited to like get started. Hopefully they'll treat me with better respect. I just can't believe my endocrinologist in Florida said that they wouldn't, recommend anyone to or they wouldn't like write a letter for anyone to get uh grs because like bottom surgery because it's not medically where it needs to be which i think is so fucked up i've never heard of a trans doctor not support bottom surgery so this is why i'm so excited to leave florida and to be in a, in a place that's more accepting and seems to be more respectful so yeah, I'm very thankful for that recommendation. So I would say everyone just, yeah, take your time with the, with finding the doctor. Make sure that like it's comfortable. People recommend them. Google can be hard because um, you never really know if they're like a good doctor. So yeah, I would say ask around and stuff. How did you find them originally? Did you just Google? Um, I saw a counselor, like a, a gender counselor. That's how I first started um, because at the time you needed a referral from a counselor or a therapist to get hormones. Um, So she actually referred me to him after I saw her for a few times. And yeah, I just basically went off her recommendation. I saw her for like two weeks and she was like, okay, I get it. Like, I'll I'll just send you to the doctor to get your hormones. (laughs) That's really, I mean, I, I would say we're pretty fortunate. I, I know people that have had to wait months to get hormones. And the first day I saw the endocrinologist, she was like, I can give them to you now. And um, yeah, so, but I didn't get it because I had to store my sperm. But that's another story. But yeah, 
So um, I think the whole moving process is scary, especially when you're trans, to make sure that you're trying to find a place that you're comfortable with. Uh, I recommend looking at the stats of the the counties near you and seeing like the what people voted politically, the um, types of people that live in the area that you're moving to. Um, I feel like if it's more diverse, you're typically going to be able to find a more um, player. Yeah, you're going to find more progressive people, I would say, that support you. So I, the process is scary, but I, I yeah, I think for the most part, it should be seamless as long as you have a plan and you prep for it. But yeah. Yeah. With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Remember to not listen to JK Rowling <laughs> and your life will be great. You'll exactly. just be filled with so much positivity, just knowing that you don't care about what she says about you. So that's the We're going to get that matching uh, Thunderbolt tattoo at some point. Yeah. The, like the scar. So, oh my God, we should get a that. Thunderbolt, but trans <laughs> colors. That would be funny. Mm-hmm. Just, like Just to spite her. Later. Yeah, I would. And then we can down. take selfies and like send it to her and be like, hey, girly, I'm so inspired by you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's great. But yeah, thank you guys for listening and we um, really appreciate it. Um, I'm here, baby, and I'm really excited. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time and. Follow us everywhere on social media, girlishpodcast.com, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.